in a year where everything looks different than we imagined, our God remains unchanged. Amen? So let's stand, if you can, and honor the reading of God's word and our key text uh, for this series this morning. We're going to put it up on the screen, and let's read this together. On three. Ready? Three, two, one. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. Let's say it again. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. God, your people, your church is gathered together this morning, and, and that's our heart. We want to um, seek after your knowledge and your wisdom this morning. And more than that, Lord, we know that um, when we are walking with you, God, you re- rearrange our whole lives. So God, we expect to walk away different from this time and this space this morning because we've been together with you and your people. God, we bless this time. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. You can be seated. All right. So does anybody remember the conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn that happened back in December 2020? Anybody go outside that night and try to take a look at it? Did, did, anybody, did anybody take a cell phone pic that you posted to Facebook or Instagram? I, I, you know, I was, you know, the, if you were here and you're looking and, and stepping outside, it was a big deal because... You know, they were saying this is the first time that this has happened, and, and I don't know how many hundred of, of years um, where, where the two planets kind of come together. And they were calling it the Bethlehem Star. They were saying that this is probably, you know, the bright light that was, you know, over Jesus on, on, on the birth of, of, of you know, of, of, of our Christ. And so that night, if you were on social media or the, maybe the next morning, you saw a whole bunch of horrible, blurry cell phone pics of what was supposed to be this glory sight, right? This glorious scene. And um, even even uh, Pam, who I know was out with, you know, her, she's a professional photographer. It was hard that night because of the clouds that, that were in the sky. And, um, you, you know, it's, it's hard to really capture the beauty of the moment with actually, actually being there, right? And so how about the Northern Lights? For people in this room, how many of you have seen the Northern Lights in person? Anybody? All right, we've got one, we've got two. All right. Three, all right. So it's it's a beautiful thing. I've heard. I've I've never seen them myself, um, but it's on my bucket list, and because I've heard it's out of this world. And uh, so, but have you ever seen again somebody's snapshot or cell phone picture of it? You know, trying to capture it and put it on their Facebook or their Instagram or, or whatever that wherever they're trying to share it. Try even trying to share it on their phone. And it's like, do you see this green green blur right here? Just isn't that. Sp- you know, in all of its splendor, it's just like a, just a green, green spot on the photo. It looks like, you know, the picture that you would throw away after you, you pick it up from the, the grocery store, you know, back in the day. It's like something wrong happened on my picture. And, and so, but what the point is, as it relates to our faith and our series this morning, is that the point is that you have to see and experience things for yourself to be able to understand their full beauty, Right? I mean, how many of us have tried, you know, you've been driving in the mountains and the Rockies and you're just, your jaw is dropping right and it's just so amazing. And you try to take that, that picture as you're going like 65 miles per hour and try to capture that. It's hard to do, right? It just doesn't, it doesn't match up. And you've, you've heard the phrase, you know, this picture just doesn't do it justice, right? It's like you had to be there. And the psalmist says it this way, he says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Another psalm says, no. Know the commands and the precepts and the laws and the instruction. And so the guidance of the scripture is saying the guidance of God is good and it's right and it's trustworthy and it's worth following. And some of us, 
you know, maybe you're, you're jumping in online or you, you came across the stream today or you're here this morning and you're not sure if you're into this whole thing or not, um, this Jesus path. And, and I'm not just talking about, you know, just showing up at church or, you know, showing up once a week on a live stream, but living for him, you know, walking with him. And, and our prayers for you and every, actually every Sunday when we get together as you came and as you come was that you would see for yourself because it's hard to just try to capture a cell phone picture of all the glory of God. And even, even in a song, it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to kind of wrap it in there, but we want you to experience it for yourself. And our prayer uh, for you this year is that you would know that for yourself with your faith. It's not, we don't want it to be just your friend's faith or your neighbor's faith or your mom and dad's faith, uh, you know, but your faith. And you can see that Jesus is beautiful, better than anything or anyone, and he's worth following. And that, so that was Paul's prayer for the church of Colossians, but it's his prayer for you and me too, and it's God's heart for you and me. So let me read what Paul is writing in Colossians chapter one, verse nine, and you can follow along. It says, since we first heard about you, we've kept you always in our prayers that you would receive the perfect knowledge of God's pleasure over your lives, making you reservoirs for every kind of wisdom and spiritual understanding. There's our word that we've been leaning into um, you know, since the beginning of the year, we're praying towards wisdom. Teach us to number our days so that we may gain a heart of wisdom, that we would pray. We need wisdom on this journey, God. Help us to know you more and more and, and know the way that you want us to live, right? So then it says, we pray that you would walk in the ways of true righteousness, pleasing God in every good thing that you do. Then you'll become fruit-bearing branches, yielding to his life and maturing in the rich experience of knowing God in his fullness. And we pray that you would be energized with all of his explosive power from the realm of his magical glory, filling you with great hope. So he continues and he says, your hearts can soar with joyful gratitude when you think of how God made you worthy to receive the glorious inheritance freely given to us by living in his light. He has rescued us completely from the tyrannical rule of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom realm of his beloved son. For in the son, all sins are canceled and we have the release of redemption through his very blood. Okay, that's God's heart for you. That's God's heart. Not just that you would know about him, but that you would actually get to walk with him, right? And experience his goodness and his power and, and his direction and his purpose and his fulfillment in your life. And it's way more than just getting a boarding pass, even though that's, you know, that's kind of the picture that we've kind of painted for this series. We're on a trip, we've got our pass, we're going. And it's even more than just writing it in, in your travel book, right? It's even more than journaling. It's actually walking in a way that honors God. And as you walk, you will realize that there's no better path to be on. That's God's heart for you. That's God's heart for you. And it's God's heart for me. And so this series that we're in is all about making the most of this trip that we have that we're on that's called 2021 and, and how to maximize it for the glory of God. And so let's see how we're doing so far. We've been, we've been doing this um, every week. And, and so we're, we're at 38 days on our trip and we're a week into February, if you didn't realize that. Uh, so Valentine's Day, guys, is right around the corner. And that puts us at 62.3 million miles traveling around the sun so far this year that we've covered. And here's the thing, we're on this trip 
And what we've talked about so far is when we started off this whole journey, we need to have a right-sized view of God, that nothing is ordinary, and, and, and this world is, is beyond, I mean, it kind of, kind of beyond even our own minds. We need to have a right-sized view of ourselves, realizing that he is bigger and better and holy and set apart. And we realize that we're small, but we're awesomely small because he calls us by name and he knows the hairs on our heads. Um, uh, we talked about the great invitation of a relationship with God. He's invited us. The invitation is on the table to take God up on that and to walk with a holy God. That's what he's offered for us. And last week, we talked about having a care and concern for the billions of people that are on this planet living in civility and having a heart to listen and a heart to learn and to care about um, what other people think and to live a lifestyle of love. Um, But what else do we need on this trip to make the most of it? Is it more money? Do we want more money? Anybody want more money? <laughs> okay. Is it, is it more vacation time? Is it more sleep? I got any, anybody that would like that? That would be kind of cool, yes. Um, maybe you think you need that guy or that girl finally to decide that they want to be on the journey on this trip around the sun with you. None of that is what we're going to talk about today, but I'm, I'm going to go back to my youth pastor days because those, you know, those, are, those will always be the glory days, I think. And I'm, I'm going to preach what every youth pastor preaches. And I, you know, I, I confirmed with nods with Derek and, and Pam this morning, probably almost you know, every year and sometimes almost every week. You know, what we need what, and what we need as adults What we need as teenagers, what we need as human beings is the right people on this trip with us around the sun. (laughs) Who we take this trip with in close quarters is going to be one of the most important decisions that we make this year. And so we, we know, we know that all too well. We, we, if you're going to go on a road trip, there are some people that make it great, right? And, you know, there are some people that are going to make that road trip awesome and enjoyable. And if you hear that they're going on the trip, you want to go on the trip. And <laughs> there's the opposite, right? Oh, they're going. I, I, I think I have a dentist appointment that week. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to be able to make it. Uh, I'm not going to be able to go. And, we, and we've got, we've been talking about it. I'm, I'm counting the days. My days, my, our, our time is limited, Right? And so we're talking about one spin around the sun. We're talking about this year in particular, 2021. So we want to make the most of it and we want to number our days. And so this is an important decision. Some of you, maybe, uh, you know, you've, you've had the fancy and you've watched James, James Corden and, and, and his show where he hosts carpool karaoke. And, um, you know, I would ask the question this morning, who would you pick to be in your car if you wanted to drive around in the car and have some celebrity, you know, sing songs? It's an important decision, right? Who would you would want to, to sing along with you in the car because it makes a big difference who's in the car. Um, it could be fun. It could be very serious. It could be mediocre. And it could, it could be like show-stopping, right? And so I don't know who you're going to pick, but it's a big decision. And who you're going to travel with on your trip around the sun uh, and travel with in close quarters specifically is a very big decision. And here's the deal. We all know this kind of instinctively, but deep down, scriptures speak to this, and we'll see it as we walk through today. You are wired for a relationship. You are wired for relationship. Even if you're wired, you know, to be an introvert, you're still wired for relationship. You, we, we, all, we all have that. There's a, there's a longing in your heart to be known by people and to know people and to, and to have people that you can walk with in life that just don't know the facts about you but actually know how you're feeling and what's going on in your life and what you care about. Listen to this quote um, from Billy Graham. This is what he says. 
about this. He says, the human soul is a lonely thing. It must have the assurance of companionship. Left entirely to itself, it cannot enjoy anything powerful. Wow. So we were wired for relationship. And ultimately, you know, standing here, you know, we're in, in this church this morning, ultimately we're wired for a relationship with our creator. That's where we'll always go first. And, but, but I also, bless you, this is, this is why I love worshiping and gathering together um, so much. Sunday morning provides a chance for us to come together and connect with our maker and worship him together. And I, I love that so much. And it's, it's such a beautiful time that we have together. But we've also been wired for, for relationships with each other. And no man and no woman has ever been created to be an island. And even, even the extreme introverts in here, and I know there's probably some in here that you're like, you're thinking to yourself even now as I'm, I'm talking, I, I would just, I, you know, I don't even know if I want to go to the big gathering. That's, maybe that's why some of you are sitting on your couch right now, you know, with a cup of coffee. I just want to sit with a cup of coffee and in a book all day and every day, and it, that's good, <laughs> right? But listen, even those of us that are extreme, you know, introverts, everybody wants to be known. Everybody wants to be known. And so, you know what's crazy though? In this day, in this age where we're the most connected, right? They say that we're the most connected uh, generation that's ever lived. There's also, and you've, you've heard this, there's a significant gap or lacking in deep, meaningful relationships. And study after study show how there's a longing and there's a gap in the desire in our, of our hearts and the reality of friendships in our lives. And other studies show um, that we spend... Uh, most recently, the statistics that I looked up just for this weekend is that the general person in America, um, we would generally spend about five and a half hours on this thing a day. Um, and the funny thing is, you know, the, the smallest percentage of that is probably talking on the phone. <laughs> it's, you know, scrolling and, and flipping through a screen. And I know that's not all of us. But, you know, if you think about... Um, those hours that we invest and that we have our face to the screen, um, that would equal close to 84 days of this year. If we were to take them out and just do it all at once, 84 days. And if we want to put it in the language that we've been using, um, you know, miles at our trip around the sun, if you, want to, if you want to hear it, it's 138 million miles of your journey around the sun is spent like this, your face to your phone. And if you want to know exactly how much time that you spend on the exact apps and the, the different things, you, you know, all of, most of the phones that we have now, um, you know, whatever kind it is, they, you can open up the settings and you can go to um, something called screen time. And I can see how much time I spent on Facebook today. And I can see how much time, you know, I spent, um, you know, on my to-do list. And I can see every app that I use and how much time, how many seconds I've been. I can see that for a week. I can go and look at it. But I would do it later because it could be very convicting. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, if I look at mine and I opened up screen time here and I just look at it, uh, uh, take a look at uh, what it's at here. And it says, oh, 99% of the time you spent in the Bible app. Right. <laughs> See, he just says, I like her. He's just like, yes, <laughs> that's right. Yes. <laughs> yes, that's where I want to be. It's not exactly where, it, where the reality sits, though. And so we're on this thing as a culture all the time. 
And I'm actually, we're gonna take uh, one week kind of break between this series and, and heading into Easter and we've got our birthday celebration weekend coming up. But we're gonna take one week and just specifically talk about that specifically um, and our screens and our spirits because it's a, it's a big deal in our culture right now. But, you know, at the expense of all this time that we spend looking at a screen, what we've lost is the ability to talk to each other. And some of us, you know, we weren't ever very good at that to begin with, <laughs> um, myself included. You know, it's, and, and so we struggle with that kind of stuff. You know, to have quality conversation, you know, with each other and to look each other eye to eye and, you know, say, what's going on with you? And, um, you know, what do you care about? And what are you dreaming about? And how can I help? And how can I push you forward? And so the next thing you know is what happens is we're a lonely generation. Do you know that this current generation has been labeled a, a lonely generation, an isolated generation? It's kind of the label that's been given to it, even though we're the most interconnected, you know, that we've ever been, that there's a loneliness that's kind of marked it. And gosh, and then 2020 comes along. And so, you know, we're, we're a group of people that feels like and if you get a large picture, that nobody knows us. And, and that, that just leads further and further down to a pit of you know, hopelessness and, and loneliness and pain. And we can count the number of our friends and followers if we go to Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, you know, social platform that we're on. It's easy to know about people. But what's missing in a lot of our lives is the fact that we're not deeply known by people. And we're not walking in life with them. And it's not about just having people follow us, but it's about having the right people walking with you. And that's what the writer of Proverbs was getting at in Proverbs 13, 20. If you wanna hang like the whole message on one verse for today, it would be this one. Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm, right? How many, I mean, is that proven true in anybody's life? I mean, you don't need to raise your hand. <laughs> But, you know, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. What that's getting at is who you do life with will have a significant impact on the person that you become. I can't tell you how many times and how many variations and how many ways I preached that message as a youth pastor. It's important for, for, for young people to learn early on, right? The people that you have around you is a big deal. It's important for us to remember that. So therefore, you know, we need to choose wisely the people that we travel with. We make this trip with the people that we link arms with, right? Because who they are will end up determining who we are. You walk with the wise, you're gonna be wise. Not only, you know, when we, you know, we, this the physical things that happen when you hang out with people, you start talking like them or, you, you know, you start dressing like them. You've seen that happen with a group of kids, right? I mean, that kind of happens in culture. You know the same jokes, you're uh, doing the same things and knowing what each other is thinking, right? That's why if you're around Pastor Brent, who most of us in the room know, you know, one of our founding pastors, if you're, if you're around him long enough, you're going to be integrating the lyrics to an 80s or 90s song somewhere in the conversation, you know, if you've been around long enough, that's just going to be part of, part of it. That's just who he is. And it's just, it's, just, it's like the, the, it becomes part of the conversation. It's the normal thing. And, and so you start thinking the same way, you start laughing at the same stuff and you just get each other. And that's why it's so important who we spend time with because who we're around will determine who we become. And so for me, 
I'm so grateful because looking back on my life, I can see how God has blessed me personally. And it's, you know, it's not something that I deserved, um, but it was his hand on my life and probably maybe mostly the prayers of my mother. <laughs> um, he surrounded me with the, the right people. Um, and who I am today is largely due to the fact that God put me in a place surrounded by a bunch of Jesus-loving people. And um, even when I was in high school, and I know mom and dad used to get up in the morning, every morning, and, and pray quite a bit in the early morning hours, and, and, and we moved around quite a bit um, as I was growing up. And so especially for an, an introvert at heart, um, you know, that can be a challenge going from town to town and, and school to school. But everywhere we went, I ended up with a deep friendship. And uh, I, I know mom prayed for favor and relationships and things because she told me. <laughs> she told me, I, I pray for that for you every morning. And so God gave me that. And there were so many, not only just friends and those kind of relationships, but so many pastors and, and youth leaders who spoke into my life and encouraged and equipped me that were so meaningful. So I've been surrounded by amazing pastors and leaders and friends all my life. And I can tell you story after story after story of how I've been impacted and changed by that. And I'm not trying to say anything about myself this morning, but this is what the writer of Proverbs is saying. I think when he says, he who walks with the wise grows wise. If there's any wisdom in me at all, it has a lot to do with the people that I was growing up with and who was around me when I was growing up in my formative years. If there's any wisdom at all. And so we need people around to help us to be all that God wants us to be. So do you have those people in your life? And do you have the right crewmates is the language that I choose, chose to use this morning because we're on a trip around the sun. And, and uh, so some of you do. And that's, that's awesome. So cherish that and prioritize that. But I'd say that for every single one of us in the room. Write that down. Prioritize having people who love and serve Jesus in your life. Not exclusively. Not ex that's not the idea, but prioritize that in your inner circle. For those that you're going to be on the long trip with. For those that are going to be in the trip, you know, in the car with you for that, you know, they're in your inner circle. They're going to, they're going to hear the burps and the, and the, you know, be there when you're passing gas and all the, you know, all the, all the stuff. They're, they're there with you on the journey. And they're, they're, if some of you, some, here's the thing. Some of you in here, you, we have a bunch of people or maybe you have a few people, but they're the wrong people. And, and so they're leading you the wrong way and they're not helping you become the person that you want to become. And, and, and some of you have nobody and you feel all alone or you feel isolated and on an island. And I just want all of us to know God's hope and his heart for the church. Ephesians chapter two speaks to it. It says, so you are not foreigners or guests, but rather you are the children of the city of the Holy Ones with all the rights as family members in the household of God. He calls us family. He gives us that, that picture many times in scripture of, of family, brothers and sisters on a journey together. He's knitting us together. There's that language too. He's knitting us together in deeply connected, deep knitted relationships that will make us into the people that he wants us to become. That's God's heart for you and me. So do you have that? And are you prioritizing that? And are you looking for that? There's a bunch of examples in scripture. My favorite one that I'm gonna kind of latch onto this morning uh, is Acts 2, where it highlights this incredible community of the early church. And I think when we look at this, it, it gives us a few things that we can aim for and, and pray towards and, and ask God to bring into our lives in terms of essentials when we're trying to build uh, you know, friendship and community. And the context is the early church. So Jesus has lived his life on the earth with the disciples a bunch of people following him and then he died just like you know he said he would and he rose from the dead just like he said he would and he gave us the holy spirit just like he said he would and and then he handed the keys 
of heaven and earth, the kingdom, and the ministry to these people who we're going to read about in just a minute. He handed over all of this to the church. And, and, uh, the, and so that was a risky move because, you know, we see it even in the story in scripture that they couldn't get out of their own way sometimes when they were following him around. Um, but now this is the early church and they're living together in this amazing community that we read about in scripture. Acts 2, they spent time together. We see them praying together. We see them worshiping together. They, they sit, sitting under the teaching of God together and they share meals together, building into this amazing community. But then they go out and preach. And on the first day, 3,000 men found Jesus. And so that's not even counting the women and the children. And so God was doing some incredible things. And this would be an incredible thing to be a part of. And eventually what happens, most of the time when there's great success, there's always some opposition. And so what happens in this story, uh, before we get into reading it, is Peter and James, they get arrested for preaching. And religious leaders at the time, they did not like what was happening. And so they didn't like that a bunch of people were leaving kind of the old way of, of uh, a religious way of doing things, and, and, and they were starting to follow Jesus. And so there's a bunch of people that are getting healed, especially in this particular story. There's one guy in particular, 40 years old, everybody knew him. Um, he had been lame since birth, and now he's healed, and the religious leaders were threatened by this kind of influence and, and the leadership and the changing of the tide that they saw that was happening. And so people started to follow Jesus, so they decided, we're going to arrest Peter and John, say no more of this, no more talking about Jesus, you, you got to stop this, you better be quiet because we don't want to hear his name in the streets anymore. And Peter, John, Peter and John, they, they had the faith that we all want. Acts 4, it says, this is what it says, Peter and John replied, you can judge for yourselves is it better to listen to you or to God <laughs> it's impossible for us to stop speaking about all the things that we've seen and we heard and they said hey you've th you threatened us you 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 tried to shut us up but Jesus is alive and we've seen him and you can't stop us from from just sharing about him because he is who the people need he's he's who they need to see and so that's the kind of faith Peter and John had so the religious leaders they didn't know what to do. I mean, there's this guy that's standing there. He just got healed. You can't, kind of, you can't really refute that. He couldn't walk for all of his life, and now Jesus healed him. He's walking around. And so, I, 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 so let's threaten them. Let's just tell them if they keep talking about Jesus, worse things will happen. And that's where we pick up in the story in Acts chapter 4, verse 23. And this is what it says. As soon as they were released from custody, Peter and John went to the other believers and explained all that had happened with the high priests and the elders. When the believers heard their report, they raised their voices in unity and prayed, Lord, Yahweh, you are the Lord of all. You created the universe, the earth, the sky, the sea, and everything that is in them. And you spoke by the Holy Spirit through your servant David, our forefather, saying, so they're going to quote um, David from Psalm chapter 2. And this is what David said. How dare the nations plan a rebellion, ranting and raging against the Lord Most High. Their foolish plots are futile. Look at how the kings of the earth take their stand with the rulers scheming and conspiring together against God and his anointed Messiah. And then it says, in fact, Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with Jews and non-Jews, met together to take their stand against your holy servant, Jesus the Messiah, and they did to him all that your purpose and will had determined according to the destiny that you had marked out for him. And now here's their prayer. So now, Lord, listen to their threats to harm us. And they say, empower us, your people, your servants, to speak the word of God freely and courageously and stretch out your hand of power through us to heal and to move in signs and wonders by the name of your holy son, Jesus. And so after they prayed, after they prayed, the place that they were meeting was shaken 
And they were all filled with Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God, my translation says, with unrestrained boldness. And so they, they're arrested and they're told to, to be quiet and to stop talking about Jesus by the religious people and the leaders in the time. And so what do they do? It says they go back and they return to their community. They go back to their own people. They go back to their, their group, their crewmates. And so when we're looking for community and when we're looking for friendship, what are the few things from scripture for our trip around the sun that we can learn? And uh, the next thing I want you to write down is that we need consistent crewmates. We need consistent crewmates. They went back to them. Acts chapter two talks about how amazing this spirit of community was. And then Acts chapter four, after they were arrested, they went back to that. So they operated in relationship and in, in friendship and in community. And that can be tough, especially in the year that we've been living out, right? We've been separated, you know, even more than usual in 2020 and, and you know, go even beginning in, in this year. And at the same time, it seems like our schedules are still just as crazy, maybe even more hectic for some of us because we're balancing some new things and some new realities. And, and here's the thing, even in, even in a, I don't want to use the word, but I'm going to use it, even in a normal time, <laughs> um, um, excuse after excuse, it can, it can be so easy for us to, to, to be put in a place to say, man, I don't even have the margin or the space to prioritize relationships. I, I just don't have that in my life right now. But what happens when we don't prioritize it and when we're not intentional, then slowly we just don't feel connected to anybody. And so we disconnect and we disassociate and um, we don't feel like anybody knows us. These people in the early church, they had concerns too. And so this is, this is what they did. They made a consistent gathering or a crew time a priority. They made it a priority. Do you have, and here's a question I want to ask you, do you have a consistent crew that you spend time with? And do you have a group of people that you're prioritizing time with? And it might not happen every week, but maybe it happened once a month and you spend time together. These guys were intentional. It was part of the church life. It was part of, you know, it, 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 it was face-to-face time. <laughs> it was sharing meal. It was breaking bread. And I, and, I, and I know there's some tension here for some of us because some of us are like, Sean, I'm trying to be intentional. I'm trying to prioritize. And there's just not people coming towards me. Or, you know, I'll put out the effort and it doesn't get reciprocated. And I get that. I Believe me, I get that. <laughs> but I would encourage you to, to be patient and to don't give up and keep being intentional. And God will send the people that he wants you to be around. It might not be the people that you thought it would be or hoped it would be, but it's not a popularity contest, right? And it's about God sending the people that we need around us to make us the people that he wants us to be. I know, you know, for Deanna and I, um, we love being a part of this church that God's called us to lead. And so, you know, therefore we, we want to put our arms around as many people as possible to be a part of this community that we love. And, and, you know, so we try to do that and find a way to get people to, to, to make this, you know, part of their community. But if we're not careful, we can spread ourselves, you know, thin. And, and so we've learned that we have to be intentional, even in, in our relationship. And we have to prioritize moments where we can be around people that can ask us tough questions that can ask us the raw questions that can know who we are deeply 
and that we can know and we can dream aloud um, with and, and to inspire us on, as scriptures say, to love and good deeds, right? Um, that can help us be all that God wants us to be. And so many of you know, if, you, if you've been around me long enough, I'm an introvert at heart. I still laugh when I, when I think of the, the time when Brett and Tiana, you know, were in the hiring process with us and my, my personality chart came, like, came back off the charts, Meg, uh, melancholy, phlegmatic, which just means I'm basically just a really chill guy. I can, I can you know, I recharge in my own space and I'm, that's who I am. Um, and, he, and he laughed as he said this, but he said, are you sure you like people? And yes, we all laughed. And yes, I love people. And I do love people. And, I, and I, I know that I need people. And I love our Sunday morning gatherings. And it gives me life and it fills me up. And I leave here, um, you know, energized and charged. But I also go home and I take a nap <laughs> when I'm done. <laughs> and so all of us are made differently and we're wired differently. But I, I do, I look forward to hanging out and having, you know, great conversation with friends and and we all need that and and you know that are enlightening and helpful and encouraging for me that might mean you know going to concert I love music for me that might mean uh you know checking out a new restaurant with a couple of guys I love food <laughs> you know um you know we we go there and we hang out and we fellowship as we say in our Christianese language and that's great and we need that and some of us more than others and that's okay but I, I do think there's also a time and a place, and this is important, in those gatherings, we need to also have a time and a place for deeper and significant and vulnerable and intentional conversations somewhere in that mix. Scripture says, confess your sins to one another and you'll be healed. So that's, that's getting pretty deep. That's, that's confess. Okay, this is why I've stumbled. This is why I've fallen. This is why I've messed up. That's getting pretty raw and vulnerable and intentional in a conversation. You know, you don't just, you don't just have that conversation with somebody that's along for the trip that, you know, <laughs> you, don't, you have an invested relationship in, right? And so th- those are some of the things that we need, and we need to share life together. It needs to be consistent, and we need to prioritize it. That's why we send out, it's one of the things that we do. We send out going deeper questions for you um, every week. They're available to anybody that wants to, to grab them, and you can just go through them by yourself. You can do that, and people do that. But it's even better if you can get into a rhythm and a, and a consistency of you know, getting together with a couple of guys and use these questions or anything else, any kind of other tool. But these questions are based on the messages that are preached here on the weekends and, and you can go deeper together. That's why it's called going deeper, right? <laughs> Ask some of the questions. There's a richness and there's a beautiful thing that happens when we do that. So the link to sign up for that um, is in your handout and it's on the screen. Um, it comes out every week. Um, and you get an email that comes to your inbox. The next thing we see is their response. You know, what kind of people were these people? Verse 24 says, when they heard about the threats and when they heard about the religious leaders uh, that were trying to shut them down and stop what they were giving their life to, when they heard about it, what was their response? It says, they raised their voices together in prayer. They worshiped, they prayed, they quoted scripture. So the question is, are those the kind of people that are in your life? Just to get specific, you need a J crew. You need a Jesus crew. You don't just need the crewmates that will hang out with you when you don't have anything else to do. Sure, that's okay and that's good and it's healthy to have those kind of relationships and have some fun. We all need that. But you need a group of people that know the word of God 
And we need, you need a group of people that are praying and you need, um, th- that'll help you look up instead of just staying stuck if you're in a mess. You need people that will push you forward and not pull you back. You need a group that won't just let you wallow in your past regrets and your mess ups and your hang ups and your mistakes because I can get there. I can be in that place sometimes and it's need somebody to help speak the truth in love, right? But that will remind you of the grace and the purpose of God that you have in your life. So that's who you need in your life, people that will speak the truth in love, not just telling you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear. And so if your main confidant and counselor will tell you, you know, that all of your ideas are just magnificent and brilliant and they're a yes person, then they're probably the wrong person. <laughs> because we don't get it right all the time. We need people to help us when we mess up. We have any um, NASCAR fans in the room in this group of people? Okay. Um, I don't know this from being a NASCAR fan necessarily, but I do know it as an experienced and a significant amount of time invested in a little game called Mario Kart. <laughs> so, um, and so there's, there's a concept, a racing concept in NASCAR um, called drafting. And this is what we need to be about as the, the body of Christ. Um, you need people in, in your life that you can draft behind. And what that means, if you're not familiar with the term, what drivers know is that if they can get in really close behind another car that's riding in front, they can get in um, under, under, what do they call it, the aerodynamics uh, and conserve energy and fuel by following right behind and following close and close proximity to the car that's in front of them because the front car will take the pressure. They'll take all the headwind and, and it'll be easier on the car that's falling behind and it helps them save energy for when it matters Can it kind of shoots them forward um, when it needs to happen. And so they will try to draft and then shoot forward when the timing is right. The same is true for uh, winter Olympic speed skating. It's called drafting there as well. Or, that, or maybe the, the best example is cycling. What happens in cycling and drafting is that you get a team and you get them kind of in a formation and you get a front person, uh, the one that pulls to the front and they, they kind of rotate in that position. So you get somebody who's ready to take on, um, you know, the headwind and lets everybody else on the team kind of draft behind him. And all of a sudden you're conserving um, that energy for the whole team. So are you looking for people in life that you can draft behind? And then the flip side of that, you know where I'm going, right? Are you being some, somebody in, in life that other people can draft behind? That you can help them go further and faster and easier by letting them follow you, right? And so you know, especially when I was a, a student pastor, I had so many conversations with, with high school seniors um, right before they went to college. And one of the, the most important decisions that I think that you can... Uh, ever make in, in life or before you go off to college or, or, you know, or before you, especially before you go off and be by yourself for that first time is the people that you surround yourself with. It's so important. It's, like, it's such an important conversation to have because you're shifting outside of the home for the first time and you're going to have to, you're going to find yourself in a place where you're going to have to build some new relationships, right? And so, so many times we have that conversation. It's so easy for, you know, a, a young person to, and, and for actually all of us too, to say, no, nah, it's not that big of a deal. It's, it's really, it's not a big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm good, I'm strong, right? And the conversation that I found myself having over and over again is that you need to be ready because it's gonna be challenging 
when you, when you get to, uh, to, to even sometimes find the right people, first of all, because you're going to get into a, a whole new uh, environment, a whole new group of people, and so you've got to meet people, right? And you've got to um, build those relationships. But you're, you're going to have to also be prepared, maybe, possibly, to go solo when everybody's going out on Friday night and you know what's happening on Friday night and it's not a good thing and you probably don't want to be there. And so you've got to be prepared to make that, right, that decision. And you've got to be prepared to, um, you know, it, it's tough when everybody's out having a good time and you just feel like you're the lame sitting in your dorm. But if you just compromise and go with whoever's having the most fun, you're probably going to regret it at the end of the day. And so to, to, I'm not saying to go it alone, um, but you, sometimes you might have to go it alone in, other, in order words to pre- preserve your morality, right? So you want to find a, a crew pretty quickly that you can be around on Friday night that's going to go out and do some righteous things, right? And so I said over and over again, just be careful. Be careful who you put yourself in proximity with. If you just take the easy way out and accept the first invitation or the first bid that I thought for sure would make me happy and I thought for sure this would give me a good college experience like I'm supposed to, but then I became someone who I did not want to become. So you can have good intentions but not go the right direction. And here's, here's what I want to say. It's, it's not intentions that determine destination. It's the direction of the steps that you take, right? And so every, every decision matters, but especially who you surround yourself with. And so do you have, you know, J. Crew people, Jesus uh, crew mates in your life? The, the, you know, these guys in Acts knew who was in charge and they knew who was running the universe. And they didn't just say, well, you know, well, we've got a lot of people now. We just had 3,000 people. And then we had 5,000 people get saved. So let's go to the city gates and let's flip this thing upside down. You know, we'll show them they should have never messed with us. It wasn't a revolt that happened. Nope, you know what they did? It says they prayed. God, you can deal with them because their day is coming. But as for us, we've got our eyes on you. And we know that your things that you called us to is to love you and to love people. They were Jesus followers. They prayed. They knew the word of God. Following Jesus in our world is hard enough. We know that, right? And it's, it's even harder if you don't have those people around you in your life, people pointing you towards him. And, and if, you, if you want Jesus to be at the, the center of your life, then be around people whose center he is already in. Right? Proverbs says, walk at the wise and you will become wise. Last thing about your crewmates is you want them to be a missional crew. They had a cause, they had a purpose, they had work to do. And you know there's a tendency when, when we hear a message like this, um, about friendships and relationships and community for some of us to just kind of respond and say, you know, you know, he's right, you know, we're the church and, and so we've got to huddle up and we've got to link arms and we've got to barricade the doors and let's keep all the sin out. <laughs> but we're not a country club. And, and, and the scripture speaks to the fact that the church is, is, is not a country club, but it's a hospital for the sick. And, and, and so there's a world that's hurting and dying and in need and we have the hope that they need and the person that they need and so... We want to link arms, and that's kind of what the conversation is about tonight, but don't huddle up and then face. And that's the tendency. And when we do that, you can take this to the bank. It's going to render us, the church, ineffective to have any impact in the world that God has called us to. And so one of the things we challenge all of our connect group leaders, which we'll talk a little bit more about, Pastor Derek is going to talk about it a little bit as we close, is, 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 is to, to lead their group in doing something missional, whether it's a neighborhood prayer walk, um, collecting clothes and giving them to needy, or simply partnering with one of our church's outreach projects. We, we get better 
And we reap deeper friendships when we run mission together. If you've ever been on a missions trip or an outreach with a group of people for any length of time, you know, uh, especially uh, I've seen it happen overseas so many times with students and families and uh, there's a bonding and, and an experience that brings you closer together, right? You're having new experiences together. You're having deep conversations. Sometimes you're crying over all the stuff that went wrong. And so you're working through some tough stuff together. Um, and you're following Jesus together. It's real life. You're laughing and you're crying and you're doing it all. <laughs> and so there's a bond and there's something beautiful that happens when we do that. So I say, why not give ourselves to the best mission? Because there's something that happens when we get on mission together. The thing uh, that matters the most and the thing at the end of the day that we won't regret being a part of, and that's building the church, and that's seeing people fall in love with Jesus and, and, and inviting them into that relationship to go to heaven because there's nothing better in life than that. So give your life to it. That's why um, they said, verse 29, if we look at that again, they're talking about listen to their threats. They're, they're threats to harm us. And they say, empower us as your servants, as your children to speak the word of God freely and courageously. We're not gonna stop. We've got a mission and nothing is gonna stop us from that. We've got a purpose and we're a bunch of Jesus people that are on this thing together. So give us a boldness and equip us and prepare us and stir us up and motivate us and inspire us and send us out because there's a world out there that needs to know. And you know, again, why that's so important, because when we're isolated and we're insulated, we're a lot better at staying in than going out. We need each other. We need each other. We need to walk with each other and spur us on to acts of love and grace and, and, and all of those things. And so are you part of a missional crew and are you are part of a J crew that, yes, has linked arms but is not facing inward but outward and ready to make room for more and more people? And this is where it can break down because we've got our crewmates and, and just how we like it. And then we're like, nah, you know, we can't add anybody. We've got too many people already. If we go over eight, then this is all gonna break down, right? And you, you know the early church? They were a mega church on day one, 3,000 people, plus, plus that wasn't even counting all of them. And, and so they were making room for more and more people from, from day one. And within, you know, a small group model or community model or cadet group model or house church model or mental model, whatever angle you want to look at it, whatever you want to call it, we just know they were a group of people that cared about making room for more and more and more people to come in. And for us, that's the kind of people that we want to be. Church isn't a building, it's people right? And so what we're doing together is we're gathering, but we're gathered to be scattered. We're gathered to be scattered out to be a light in the love of Jesus. So we're door holders and we're inviting people to be a part of the mission of Jesus here at Destiny. And we're holding the door open so more people can get in and experience who Jesus is. He's the headline. So why do we have connect groups? Because, you know, honestly, it can be challenging. It can be messy sometimes and it can be awkward, but we want to welcome each other just as Christ has welcomed us to the glory of God. And we want to get, put ourselves in those situations to go deeper together. So I'm going to close with just uh, five quick things. The church isn't a building, it's people. So what steps do you need to take and what's our response and how do we walk this home today? Where do we need to go from here? So do we all need to just, you know, put our arms together and sing the campfire song? You know, no. But there's a few options that, uh, that I want to give you this morning. And the first one is maybe you need to pray a godly prayer. And that godly prayer, this is a, a you know, this is, these are kind of the prayers that, that God loves to answer. And that godly prayer would just be to ask God to add the right people to your life. Pray for godly collisions. The scripture says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. 
You know, the northern lights are when particles um, from the sun meet with, with particles from the earth. And that collision makes this beautiful display that you see up in the sky. And so it's, it's, it's this collision. And something really beautiful happens when God's children come together. Well, do, you, do you need those godly collisions? So pray, pray for that. You're gonna wanna pray for those. The second thing I want you to write down, do you need to break ties with certain people? And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. We spend all this time talking about, you know, loving and extending an arm, you know, to the world around us. And so what? Why are we saying that? But here's the thing. It's absolutely true. We, we are called to love and that's our love God and love people. Those are the, the two chief concerns of the church, right? The two chief concerns of our personal lives, to love God and love others. But maybe you're not the person that's supposed to reach that one person that you're having trouble with because, because maybe it's bad news every time that you get around them and then you stumble and fall and that's not good. <laughs> and so... That's, that's that person that you maybe don't want to get in the car with and that for this trip around the sun, you know. So maybe the best thing for you and the best thing for them is just to break free. Maybe, you know, you know indefinitely, maybe for a season. Or maybe it's on your terms. You know, I'm not going to go out on Friday nights anymore because I know what happens when we go out on Friday nights. <laughs> and it wasn't good. Or, you know, you're not my confidant anymore. You're not the one I'm calling for advice there's those people in your life where there's no sharpening that's happening. And so there's just destruction and weakening that's happening. So maybe it's time to break some ties with those people. The third thing, it's time for you to be intentional and to make a plan and create some rhythms. You know, some of you are thinking, where do I start? You know, is this a program that I sign up for at church? And, and you know, for us, we've never wanted to or tried to organize all of your community, but we've wanted to foster it. And so that's why the whole conversation, you know, started a year and a half ago with connect groups and, and kind of launching those. But maybe for you, it's that, you know, once a month, um, you know, gathering that you do, uh, you know, with a group of people or you have a coffee shop time that you have with a couple of guys, you know, at the coffee shop or, or every other week gathering, whatever it is. But for me, what, what happens when I get together, I love saying, what have you been learning from the word of God? What has God been speaking to you? What are some of the ways that we can be praying for each other and what's heavy in your life? And how can we uh, pray for each other that God would use us and send us out uh, to be people that care about the mission and the purpose and the self selfless living and making room for more people. So it's time for us to be intentional and then maybe it just starts with, for some of us, for being the right friend. It's easy to say, God, please send me, you know, some friendships, some relationships. God, send me community. God, send me uh, to uh, community to help me become a better person. But are you willing to change some things in your life to be the person that somebody else can draft behind, to, to be, you know, somebody that, uh, to number your day so that you can gain a heart of wisdom, uh, to be the type of friend that other people need to, to grow and mature? And, and then ultimately, that's, that's what we're all called to be, right? Um, Galatians chapter 6, it says, bear one another's burdens. So I'm going to call up Lyle really quick for this last one. And Derek is going to help me as well. And uh, How we're switching, okay. All right. So Galatians chapter 6 says this, because life can get heavy sometimes, right? So let's, let's, let's give him some burdens. <laughs> We, it says, here, let me read the full scripture. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Life, life is heavy. Life is heavy. Can I get an amen, right? <laughs> and so we need each other to bear each other's burdens. 
And so life is challenging and there's pressure. And, and so there's, there's things where we can add on pressure like breakups, like divorce, like um, broken relationships. Like this year, 2020 was a big one, right? And that starts to get really, really heavy. Are we wanting to do three? Are we good? We'll see how many burdens Derek can carry by himself. I'm going way faster this service. Okay. Okay. And so people that would carry our burdens with us is so important. So Lyle, you've been on the, on the sidelines here. If he comes along and helps, he's just giving a pinky. Come on. You can help a little bit more than that. If we have a brother that comes along, and I'm, I'm not putting extra weight, I promise, uh, that, that relieves some of the pressure so Derek can stand up a little straighter, right? And, and, it's, and, and if, I, if I call Royce over here to kind of come and help and, and Lyle takes a side and, and Royce takes a side when he comes over here, these two can take it. And, and the original burden that Derek was carrying, he can almost even walk away from it if, Derek, if Royce would take his part. <laughs> right? Because the more, the, the more that we get together and carry each other's burdens, the lighter the load. You guys can put that up. Would you guys give these guys a hand? <laughs> Bear each other's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Thank you. They wouldn't let me even lift one because they're scared of me post-hernia post surgery. So. But here's the thing. We're going to close with this. The most beautiful thing about all of this conversation this morning is that Christ bore our ultimate burden, right? So that we can be burden bearers for each other. And so that's the, the, the picture. It, it, all of us in the room, if, I, I, if, if we tried to carry these you know, bricks together, that, that would be a light thing. But the weight that Jesus carried, if we got all of us in the room, we, we couldn't carry it. It was so significant and so big. The weight of the world was on his shoulders and he took that for us. And so it's a picture for us as the body of Christ to bear one another's burdens and to carry the weight. And I want to close with this last part of Acts chapter four. It's just such a beautiful picture of the church. It says, all the believers were one in mind and heart. Selfishness, I want us to read that again. All the believers were one in mind and heart. Selfishness was not a part of their community for they shared everything that they had with one another. And the apostles gave powerful testimonies about the resurrection of the, Lord, of the Lord Jesus and great measures of grace rested upon them all. Some who owned houses and land sold them and brought them the proceeds before the apostles to distribute to those without and not a single person among them was needy. Isn't that beautiful? They were one in mind and heart. So we're under, we said this last week too, we're under one banner here. We're under one name. And that's, that's the kind of crewmates that I want to have with me in close proximity on my trip around the sun for 2021. Um, that's the kind of crew that we want Destiny Foursquare Church to be known for. And that's the kind of crew that's going to make this the best trip around the sun that we've ever had. Amen. So Father God, we just thank you for your truth and your wisdom to us today. God, um, we mess things up when we try to do things on our own and we try to carry burdens by ourselves and we leave other people out of the conversation. God, and we can sometimes even unknowingly drive ourselves to the ground and ruin and wreck relationships. And so God, I ask that you would give us grace to walk with each other and 
love one another as you've shown us, Lord, that you came and bore our burdens. God, help us to love one another in that kind of way. Lord, that would be life-changing for all of us in the room because, God, we, we're not going to be sent if we're isolated and, and, and sitting in our room by ourselves. We're going to be sent where we're in partnership together with your purposes and your plans. Amen. Pastor Derek. Amen. All right. So hang in there, guys. We're just going to spend a little bit more time together uh, this morning. Um, and again, I'm using that tone that sounds like I don't care, but really I do. But it's the second time. So everything seems a little more mechanical for me the second time. Um, so years ago, like 15 years ago, I had this old truck and I took my youth group outside and I, I had the whole youth group get in the back of my truck in the bed of the pickup in the parking lot in front of the church. This wasn't here, this was in Wyoming. And uh, I had one kid get out and I said, okay, this kid is our pastor. Now, the truck is the church and everybody's in the church. Push it. And the pastor kid, you know, he pushed the truck a little bit and he made it a little a little ways. There was like a little pothole in the thing and the truck hit it and stopped and so then you know we had some support staff get out and they, they pushed and they were able to get it over but you know eventually they got tired and so I was like well see here's the thing the whole church is responsible for making the church go forward the whole body of Christ is required our job as as uh, pastors as leaders in the church isn't to minister that's something that we do but that's not our job. Our job is to facilitate ministry. Our job is to make sure that ministry happens. Um, so um, just like in, with my kids in the truck and what we were learning is that no one or two persons can push that truck. We have to constantly be cycling people through and some people need rest at some point and some people need to get out and do some work and some people, and, and there's just this kind of give and take and family kind of kind of um, shoulder to shoulder type work that happens. Um, so, I also like to talk to the youth about how there's really three people, three types of people in your life. Um, there's the ones that drain you, the ones that kind of wear you out. Uh, maybe you love them, maybe you don't. <laughs> but, but they're the, the ones that when, you're, when you've spent time with them, you come away feeling tired. And then there's the people that feed you. The people that when you hang out with them, you feel better about yourself, you feel rested, you feel like the world is a better place, right? And then the third type of person can actually be both of those or, or neither of those, but the, the third type of person and the one that you need the most is the one that challenges you to grow. Now, people that you uh, that, that maybe rub you the wrong way or, or challenge you in, in, in draining ways, um, they're still important. And, and, you know, in Christ and in, in, in this world, that, in, in the kingdom, as it were, uh, we don't get to just put people away. We don't get to say, I don't like you, I don't get along with you, and, and just push them away. Um, but like Pastor Sean said, sometimes sometimes maybe you're not the person to reach them. But we're talking about the other direction, right? So, so there are people that challenge me that maybe I don't get along with, but they challenge me to be more patient, to be more kind, to... Uh, uh, step into, you know, their shoes and view life from their perspective. Those are healthy things. Sometimes we struggle. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but then there, there are people on the other side that, 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 you know, I don't, like Sean was saying, we don't need a yes person in our life that's just always there. We need encouragers for sure, but we need people that are encouraging and challenging us to grow. So, um, 
we have a destiny. Our small group structure is called Connect Groups. Xander? There we go. So if you go to uh, mydestiny.family slash groups, you can look at our list of current Connect Groups. It's this really, really great structure that we have where... Um, you know, in the past, when I've been at churches that have done small groups, um, it was kind of this this thing that would always start out really good and really nice, but four to six months in, it would get really uh, tedious and, and boring and just one more thing you have to do, and then, oh my gosh, those people exhaust me. I don't want to hang out with them anymore, and then pretty soon, the whole thing would just kind of die away, and we recognize that, and so what the Connect Groups are built as, as um, they are... It's really a trimester, but we call them semesters, where there's a, a spring, a summer, and a fall semester, where at the end of that three, four month period, all of the connect groups restart. Everything re, you know begins again, and you can go to a different group, you can spend time with different people, you can uh, uh, take a break for a season if you need to. And, and so what's great is, it never gets mundane. It never gets just another thing that you have to do. Now, another really awesome thing about our connect groups is there are connect groups for anything and everything. If you, um, uh, uh, like right now we have, I don't remember what's, what's available right now, but we have various classes on Wednesday nights. We've got a, a few Bible studies throughout the week. Um, there are groups of people that you can join that go hiking. Um, that might not be happening this semester because winter, but uh, you know these things are available. So, so they're not designed to be a cookie cutter. You go to this house and you study the Bible in this way and you do it here and you do it here. They're designed to fit your personality and the things that you like to do. So, um, you know, if you have a, uh, we, ha we have, like I said, we have a group that likes to go hiking. We have, um, there's a ladies Bible study on Thursdays that's wonderful and, and they like to get together and just chat and drink coffee and hang out and it's wonderful. So uh, I would really encourage you to connect with some of those groups, one, two, four, whatever you have time and energy and desire for. But also, if there's something that you like to do, if you, if you see that list and say, man, I wish there was a list that was this. Well, that's probably Holy Spirit leading you to start your own connect group. So if you go to mydestiny.family, switch the slides on, thank you, mydestiny.family slash apply dash two dash lead. There's a short form that you'll fill out. Just telling pastors Sean and Deanna kind of what your heart is and what you feel like God's leading you to do. And if you want to start a, a, a bowling team, that's a connect group. It's just when we, all a connect group has to be is any time we get together and spend time with each other, and talk to each other and work together on something, it counts, okay? So like youth group counts. Um, so I'd encourage you, if you feel like there's something that you wanna lead or something that's not on the list that you feel like, man, I'm already doing this thing, somebody could just come along with me, go to that website and sign up to, to lead. Um, we've got a couple of months, I think, before the new, before the new set begins, so. Um, guys, it's so important, like Pastor Sean said last week, that we get out of the rows, we get out of the this, like facing one direction structure and we get into places where we can look at each other and we can spend time with each other and we can challenge one another and we can grow together. Amen? Amen. So I want to leave you guys with this today. Just one more second, okay? A lot of times I go places and I know that I'm welcome. And to me, when someone says, you know, you're welcome, or you step across the, the, the mat that says welcome, or um, you know, someone says welcome, you know, whatever, I feel like that's a really kind of non-committal statement. It's like, um, 
yeah, I don't really care. You, you can be here if you want. It's kind of the, the, the feeling, okay? And I always feel like, like and this is, this is my own personal thing that I'm dealing with and I always have, uh, and I, I may always deal with it, uh, but I always feel like it's okay that I'm here, but I'm not really wanted here. Okay, what I want you guys to know and what I want you to hear today, um, whether you're online, okay, if you're not in this room right now, if you're online, listen to me, okay? In Christ, we're not just welcome, we're wanted. At Destiny, you're not just welcome, you're wanted. And I know that when we're home and we're not able to physically be inside the church for whatever reason, we feel separated and we feel like, yeah, I'm welcome. I can be online. I could not be online. When we come through a, through a church, it's like, well, it's a church. It's like saying, well, God is love. He kind of has to love everybody, right? So it's not that big a deal. But God wants you. He desires a relationship with you. So in Jesus and in destiny, you're not just welcome. You're wanted. You're desired. You're needed. Okay? God, I thank you so much for everyone in your shot of this moment. God, I pray that you would rewire our minds to understand the difference between just being welcome and being wanted by the God of the universe, the creator of all. That Jesus, you died, not because you had to, but because you wanted to, because you wanted to be with us. How amazing. God, help us to rewire our minds so that we quit just letting people be welcome in our lives and we make sure that they know they're wanted in our lives. God, we wanna share the same love that you show us with the people that you put in our lives, that you put in our circles. God, help us to be more like you. In your name we pray, amen.